observe somebody here. You've got a, it's like a, an injury in your um, trapezius muscle. And, and it's, like, it's like something that, that, that it, when it, when it fl flares up, it starts to tighten up your neck. And it feels like you have kind of a stiff neck, but it actually, when it's really bad, it gives you a headache. Where are you? How long have you had it? Okay, can I pray for you? Yes. Okay, let's, let's just stretch out our hands towards Stacey, if you wouldn't mind standing. Uh, which, is it both muscles or? Um, it's mostly right. right. That's side. what I was getting. That's what I was getting. So, Father, we just release your healing power right now into this trapezius muscle. We command pain. We command inflammation to go in Jesus' name. Father, we just release your peace, the peace of God into this part of her body. We command it to begin to function. Father, the way you created it to function. I, I, I just pray for full motion, full mobility, and freedom from pain. We command the pain uh, in, in the trapezius in her neck, and as it would affect her head, we just command it to go right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, does it feel any different? Was it bothering you this morning, per se? It wasn't bothering okay. me this Okay, then no. you... But okay. I did feel a blanket of peace. Yes. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I love God. I love the kingdom. I love how freely he wants to, to pour out the things of the kingdom into our lives. I think sometimes we have this false idea that you have to get God in a half Nelson or something to get him to do anything with, and not realize that God desires to release his kingdom into every one of our lives. He desires to release his kingdom around you and through you. Amen. Third John, I guess I could ch say chapter one, but there's only one chapter. While you're finding that, the book of Third John, these were answers that were found on a children's science exam. What happens to your body as you age? When you get old, so do your bowels and you get intercontinental. <laughs> I learn a lot from kids, Samuel. <laughs> Name a major disease associated with cigarettes. Premature death. <laughs> what does varicose mean? Nearby. What does the word benign mean? Benign is what you will be after you be eight. That's one of my favorites. I want to continue with a series that we began several weeks ago. We were talking about thriving versus surviving. You know, there's a big difference between going through life and thriving versus just kind of going through life in survival mode. That, that's not God's intention for any of us. We're, we're talking particularly about the topic of community, comunidad. We begin this series by asking this question. In, in, in 2023, in, in last year, were you thriving or just surviving? 
And only you can evaluate the answer to that question. But there is no question in my mind that God created you to thrive. God wants you to thrive. So don't settle for surviving. Now, we've been talking about community. The word community, by definition, refers to a group of people that are able to live in community or in relationship with each other. You know, they've forged relationships. Yeah, they probably had some difficulties and differences. Anytime people gather together, you know, things like that will, will happen. But they've worked through those things because that's what you do when you're a Christian. You, you, don't, you don't let life sever relationships. Now, some of the most important relationships that I have in my life, we've been through some turmoil. Uh, We've walked through some difficulty, but we just didn't let it disconnect us. When we are talking about community, we're talking about relationships that are not superficial. They are actually people that, that we're growing in relationship with, and we're beginning to do life together with them. You, 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 you walk through your up, the life's ups and downs with these people, and you're doing it as a family. So what does healthy community look like? When we talk about authentic community, I think I'm talking too fast. Cheryl hasn't flashed at me yet. Um, when we talk about authentic community, we're, we're really talking about relational prosperity. But let me begin with the verse of scripture that we began this series with, 3 John 2, chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Let's just take a minute and pray. Father, we embrace your word as a revelation of your heart. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you that you have good thoughts concerning us, that that you desire for us to prosper in all things and be in health even as our souls prosper. Thank you for the blessing, Father, of having you in our lives. Thank you for, for setting us into your family, making us your own, your kids. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read that verse one more time. Beloved, Loved ones, those loved by God. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Que tu seas prosperado en todas las cosas. That you would prosper in all things. What does it mean to prosper? in all things. And and do we really believe that God wants us to prosper, let alone in all things? You know, faith is based on a conviction, something that you believe to be true about God, something that is based on what he has revealed to us in his word, that you may prosper in all things. The word prosper is defined as to be successful, to thrive, to flourish, Do you believe that God wants every part of your life to flourish, to thrive, to be successful? You know, 
we have to base what we believe about God on the word of God. Is that true? I, I, I want to make a declaration over you today. Can I do that? Saints of the Most High God. God wants you to prosper in all things and be in health in direct relationship to your souls prospering. I call your spirits to attention. You have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You have that spirit living inside of you. You have ears to hear. God wants you to prosper in all things and be in health, even as your soul is prospering. One of the, the important things that we need as, as God's children is to see him accurately. Because how you and I perceive or see God affects everything about us. In fact, I cannot even see myself accurately until I see him accurately. God didn't put you on this planet to struggle through life. Now, I know we all have seasons of struggle, every one of us. They are not without purpose. And interestingly, my, my struggling seasons are usually when I grow the most. Because for some reason, when things are smooth sailing, I, I just don't change much. But, but when everything, when we experience difficult times, they are designed to produce growth in our lives. But a season is just temporary. Have you noticed that? Every season you've experienced, it came and it went. It, it comes, but it also comes to pass. It passes. God put you here on this planet to represent him and to express his goodness to the world around you. God doesn't just want you to survive. He wants you to thrive. And I believe that he has made available to each one of us that, that what we need to, to live a, a productive life and also to walk with him. You know, I, I, uh, I know there have been times in my life where if I look back on them, in truth, I was surviving. I was just trying to get from this situation to that situation, from this problem to, to another problem, and I'm just trying to live through this. All, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, thankfully, thankfully. I, you know, if I can just get through this, if I can just get through that, well, that's doing life in survival mode. They're not living, they're not thriving, they're just surviving. And see, God created us for so much more than that. He created us to thrive in life. Now, I'm going to show you that in the scriptures. Because I don't want you to believe it because I said it. I'm just me. But, but, but the word of God is what we base our faith on. We're going to look at a number of portions of scripture today. When describing the man who delights in the law of the Lord, it says this about him, and whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he sets his hand to, it prospers. 
In Psalm 1, now this is talking about the blessed man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So what counsel does he walk in? Where, where does his counsel come from? Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He actually, he doesn't read his Bible out of religious duty so he can check off the chapters. He delights in the word of God. He thinks about it all the time. And what does that produce in his life? Verse 3. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. His roots go down deep into the soil of God's word, and the water of the Holy Spirit causes the nutrients of that rich soil to go up and be absorbed into that tree, and it causes it to be fruitful. And whatever he does, it prospers. Now, the word thrive is very similar to the word prosper. In fact, prosper is in the definition. The word thrive means to prosper and be successful, to grow or develop vigorously. I love that word. To flourish. The word thrive describes an aggressive forward momentum, taking ground in every area. God wants you and I to thrive. And see, it's, it's important that we know and believe that. God told Joshua what to do if he wanted to prosper and have good success. Now notice, it's about God's word again. It's about God's counsel, God's wisdom. See, this is the most amazing book that there is. Because it gives you the wisdom that you need in every area of your life. To be successful. It, it's, it's like this. It, it, it enables me to navigate life in the way God intended it to be experienced. This book of the law, this is God speaking to Joshua, verse, 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. In other words, keep it in your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Keep it in your thoughts that you may observe to do, act, be a doer of the word, according to all that is written in it. And then he says this, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Speaking, thinking, doing the word. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. This book contains the necessary wisdom to do life. Now, why would God tell Joshua how to prosper and have great success if God didn't want him to prosper and have good success? Jesus said it this way in John 10.10. He said, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. There is an enemy that doesn't want you to thrive. His objective is to kill, to steal, to destroy. His intentions towards you are not good. His intentions are, are, are to take from you, to rob you. But then Jesus went on to say this, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give each one of us 
an abundant life. A life in God. What does that look like? The Greek word translated abundantly means superabundant in quantity and superior in quality. By implication, it means excessive. The life, that's the life that Jesus came to give you. That's how life is intended to be in God when we are rightly connected to our creator. Now, we defined biblical prosperity a couple weeks ago, but let me read this verse of scripture again. This is a verse that I believe describes prosperity. It reveals what God wants my life and your life to look like. I, I would encourage you to take some time and memorize this verse. Spend some time prayerfully meditating on it. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Why is it important to believe that God wants to bless me? Because everything in the kingdom is tapped into through faith. We are saved by grace, but through faith. We are healed by grace, but through faith. How many times did Jesus say to someone, your faith has made you whole? It was your faith that brought you into this experience of healing. The provision comes by grace. You can never earn it. You can never deserve it. It's purely by his grace, but it's faith that taps into it. The provision that, that this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, talks about, the provision that not only causes us to have all sufficiency in all things, but gives us an abundance for every good work. That grace, that grace comes to us that it's tapped into through faith. Let me say it this way. If I don't believe that God wants to bless me, my very belief system will sabotage his blessing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Where does confidence before God come from? Where does faith come from? It comes by hearing God speak to us through his word by inclining our ears to hear him, and when we do, something happens inside of us. It's a spiritual force. It's not me psyching myself up or trying to get myself to believe something. It's a spiritual force. Why does it cause us to have such confidence? Because his word reveals his will. And if I know what his will is, then I can confidently approach him. The reason that faith comes by hearing when God speaks to us is that faith is based on the revelation of God's will. Now just think about that for a moment. If I know what God's will is, I can have total confidence approaching him. I'm not trying to get him in a half Nelson. I'm not trying to get him to do something he doesn't want to do. I, I'm mere, merely coming into agreement with his will for my life. Is faith based 
See, faith is based on a revelation of God's will. And if I know what God's will is, I can confidently approach him. I have total confidence. Now, let me show you that in the word. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. Are, are you doing okay? I, feel, I hope you're listening as much as I'm talking. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. I can confidently approach God. Let, let me say it another way. I can have absolute faith to approach God when I'm asking him for something I already know it is his will to give me. Does that make sense? My dad used to have an extra car. It was a tornado. And uh, he let me know one time, he really didn't use the car that much, but he let me know, he said, if you ever need an extra car, I've got it. And so through the years, while he had that car, if I had my car in the shop or anything, I'd just call him up, and I had total confidence. Do you know what I mean? He already told me. Anytime you need a car, just give me a call. And so that's what we're talking about here. Taking God at his word, taking your good, good father at what he has revealed that he desires to do in our lives. Bible prosperity is the ability to draw upon God's ability, not just to meet your own needs. That's a good place, a starting place. But, but this verse of scripture takes us beyond that. Now, now that is where it began for me, and that's where it begins really for everybody. I, I'm believing God for him to meet my needs. My dad, how many knew my dad? Yeah, a number of you. What's that? You, you borrowed the tornado too? What? You mean he extended that privilege beyond me? Mm-hmm. It was. If you like gas hogs. <laughs> but my dad was a real giver. And, you know, he, he gave a certain percentage to the church. He, he was always given to all these different organizations. And, you know, he never lacked a thing. Do you know what I mean? Never. Um, so when I, I'm about three months old in the Lord, and I'm reading my Bible, and I'm seeing this kind of a picture of radical generosity in the New Testament. And I just thought, this is amazing, Lord. How do I get there? And so I just, you know, I just grabbed a hold of the tithe. You know, I said, God, I'm going to honor you with 10% of my income <laughs> now, you got to realize, back then, I was just barely a Christian. I said, come hell or high water. <laughs> and uh, <sighs> now, realize, I'm living in my parents' basement. I don't really have major expenses, but I'm honoring God. Fast forward, I bought a house, you know, lived in an apartment for a while, bought a house. You know, I've, I'm, I'm accumulating expenses. And there was about a nine-month period 
during that time, when I'm endeavoring to honor God, now when I say that, I took the first fruits of my increase. In other words, I didn't pay all my bills and tithe if I had it left over. I took the first fruits, that's the first check I wrote. I took the first fruits of my increase and I honored God, I gave it to my local church, and then I would believe God for what I needed. And see, sometimes I was able to pay all my bills and all I needed to do was to believe God for gas money and food money. Other times, there might have been a bill or two that I couldn't pay. But I want to tell you, that nine-month season was the most amazing time in my life. I would not trade it for anything because I saw God do miracle after miracle after miracle almost every Sunday. I had a testimony of something supernatural that God had done related to my finances. And during that nine-month period, it was like God did something in me that the enemy can never take from me. I have an absolute confidence in God to meet my needs. Not just because the word says it, that's important, but also because I experienced it. I experienced it. And so at the end of those nine months, it's like God began to prosper me. And I have to be honest, it was almost disappointing because I didn't have to believe him for a miracle every, every paycheck to paycheck. I didn't have these testimonies that I had before of the amazing things that God had done. But where I'm trying to go with this is the first thing that we do is we learn to believe God to meet our needs. That's where it starts. But, but, but God wants to take us beyond that. Bible prosperity is the ability to draw upon God's ability, not just to meet our own needs. That's a good starting place. But that's, that's where it begins. But this verse talks about that, that it, his grace is pouring into our lives so that we not only have all sufficiency in all things or, or have all our needs met, but that we have an abundance for every good work so that we can be a blessing to others. Now that, that verse of scripture, 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, that we've been looking at, it's a powerful verse, but I want to read the verses that are before that because if you don't understand that it's actually in giving that releases this prosperity into our lives, we, we could just you can claim that scripture all you want. What does it say, the two verses before that? Uh, I'm sorry, these are not in the notes, and they're not on the overhead. 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. The very context of this promise of prosperity is about giving. It's about sowing, it's about reaping on what you sow. This is the way the kingdom of God operates. See, when I became a Christian, there was a, a, something in my heart 
that just wanted to understand how the kingdom operates. I want to understand. Yes, James, what? Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. Well, she even sends out James to talk to me. I just need to not be excited. When I'm not excited, I talk slower. In fact, no. Let me read that verse out of the New Living Translation. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. See, if, it's, if our goal is just to get our needs met, again, that's a good starting place. But if you stay there, you will live a very self-focused, self-centered, selfish life. Prosperity has to do with abundance to be a blessing. It has to do with having more than enough. Now, th th that may sound almost unachievable. How can I get there? But, but here it is, revealed in God's word. God's word reveals his heart. So let me continue defining prosperity from a biblical perspective. It is the ability to draw upon God's ability, not just to meet our needs. That's a given. But to meet the needs of others. When we thrive, there is an abundance in our lives. And that abundance, abundance overflows to others. I'm not living for me. I may need to... To, to, I may have a need in my life that causes me to press into God and experience his provision, but ultimately, we are blessed to be a blessing. Ultimately, we are blessed to be whatever we've experienced to release it to others. Freely you have received, freely give. Do you know whatever miraculous thing that God has done in your life, you have the authority of heaven to release that into other people's lives. A person who is prosperous from a biblical perspective is a person that has a relationship with God. And because of applying the principles of the kingdom, because of their connection with heaven, because of their intimacy with the Father, they can tap into the kingdom, not just to meet their own needs, but to meet the needs of others. Prosperity implies that you have more than enough. I remember just having enough. I remember being so excited. When God would meet a need during that, that nine-month period, I felt like shouting, He knows my name. He knows my address. He, he knows. He hears my prayers. God knows me. But I also saw the needs of people around me. And I began to realize it wasn't enough to have my needs met. If I, have, if I have learned to tap into heaven, God wants to use me as a channel to release that blessing, to release the, the resources of God into other people's lives and also teach them how to tap into heaven. And again, when I say the word prosperity... If you're just thinking money, you don't understand it. You don't understand it yet. In your notes, this is the actual definition. Prosperity is the ability to tap into God's ability to meet the needs of others. Yeah, it may start with meeting my own needs, but then he wants, to step, wants us to step into prosperity. 
So if I'm shopping at Walmart and I see someone that's sick, you know, they don't need for me to pull out my wallet and hand them 50 bucks. That's not the need. Money doesn't solve everything. They, they need somebody that knows how to tap into heaven and release the healing power of Jesus Christ into their life. That's what prosperity looks like. Or if I'm wandering through Safeway and I, I run into someone that's hungry, they haven't eaten for a few days, they don't need an encouraging word from me, or at least that's not all they need. They need someone to buy some food, get some food in their stomach, help them get that need met. Prosperity is the ability to tap into God's ability to meet the needs of others. Or let's say I run into someone that is really discouraged. Maybe they don't have a hunger issue. Maybe they don't need healing per se. But what they need is a word of encouragement. The Bible calls it a word spoken in due season. To lift them out of their current mindset so they can see things from a different perspective. Prosperity is the ability to tap into God's ability to release whatever is needed in that situation. When I am thriving, I am encouraged. And when I'm encouraged, in fact, when I have an abundance of encouragement, it, it overflows. It get, it, it'll, others will experience it through your life. Does that make sense? Please don't limit your understanding of prosperity to money or the things money can buy. When the Bible said God wants you to prosper, it's so much more than that. It's just so much more than just having to do with money. Now, the world defines prosperity as money. But when the Bible talks about prosperity, it's talking about doing well in everything related to life that things will go well in every facet of your life, that you will prosper in all things and be in health. See, God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Let's read that. 2 Peter 1.3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. God has given you Everything you need to do life well. He's also given you everything you need to live a godly life. All things that pertain to life and godliness. So let's apply this to what we're talking about today. When we talk about the area of community, we are talking about our natural family. We're talking about our spiritual family. We're talking about relationships in general. We're talking about relational prosperity, prospering relationally, and it's so important. What is relational prosperity? It's doing relationships well, where God's grace flows into our relationships, and it's really the most important kind of prosperity. It's really the one that matters the most. It's the only prosperity we will take with us into heaven, relationships. My greatest possession is my relationship with God, the relationship that I've developed with him over time, and, and, it's, and also the relationships I have developed with others. You know, if I realize 
the, the significance and importance of relationships, I will very purposely be building into relationships all the time. Why is relational prosperity so important? Because when our relationships are healthy, that health flows into every other area of our lives. You know, the Bible says that if you don't treat your wife right, if you allow strife or you allow certain things there, it will hinder your prayers. I'm sensing a testimony come on here, but we, not, not this time. <laughs> I mean, it's really true, isn't it? You know, when you're not right with your spouse, you know things are not good. Things are not good. It's like I, I, I need to build in to that relationship because it affects everything. It affects my prayer life. Healthy community is God's desire for us. How does the Bible describe community? It uses the word communion and the word fellowship. In the Greek, it's the same word that's translated both. We are encouraged to have communion with God, but also to have communion with each other, to have communion, fellowship. Uh, community is the common unity shared by a group of people, the kind of relationships where they, they do life together. We are... We are our best self when we are experiencing life's highs and lows with other believers. That means everyone, whether you're single or married, everyone needs community. But don't just take it from me. The Bible has a lot to say about this. And we're going to look at that this next week also. But we all need a place where we can share our hearts and experience acceptance and be prayed for, and pray for others, and walk through life together, and be encouraged by the word, helping each other, encouraging each other, living out our Christianity together. Now, I'm not actually talking about Sunday morning church. There's a certain amount of community and connection that takes place on a Sunday morning, but it's, but it's limited. Uh, it, it's, I'm talking about an environment where people connect and they really open their hearts and their lives with each other. They begin to share not just the, the ups, but also the downs. The, 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 the major victories, but also the struggles. And, and, and see, when you find this place where you can actually be real, and yet they accept you, and they, they, they love you, and they encourage you, it's amazing. So we're talking about a smaller type setting. You know, the, the, the New Testament is filled with one another commands. Love one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. All these, all these commands. And, and here's the truth. I, I can't do that with 100 people. Or 50 people. Or maybe even 25 people. But 8 or 12 people. Jesus, Jesus had his 12 and those 12 knew him better than, than anybody else did. They, they did life together, and those 12 went on to turn the world upside down. The one another's of the New Testament cannot be lived out in a large group gathering. We all need a group of people that we can do life with. And see, these are some of the one another commands of Scripture. This is just some. There's, there's a lot more. A small group is, in your notes where we carry one another's burdens. We bear one another's burdens. 
When, 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 you're, when, you're, when you're carrying something, all of a sudden, someone comes alongside of you and helps you to carry that. Secondly, where we pray for one another. You know, it, it's amazing when you're going through something and you know that you're not in it alone, that others are praying with you. And it, where we confess our, our struggles to one another. Where we acknowledge, where we're actually vulnerable and we actually share the things that are going on in our lives. And, and amazingly, they, they, instead of rejecting me, they, they, they love me. They encourage me. They, they share scripture with me. They pray for me. Next one is where we encourage one another. How many know every one of us need to be encouraged? Now, there are times when maybe I need it more than other times, but we need encouragement. The last one is where we serve one another in love. How do I fulfill these commands of the scripture? I can only do that in a smaller gathering of people. There I can live out my Christianity with those who love me, and I love them. And, and, and we're, we're, we're in this together. We're walking through this together. Now, I want to share with you Four reasons why we need community. No, I'm not. I'm not going to share that. It's in your notes. And uh, I'll probably get to it next week. But I want to invite the worship team to come up. I, uh, I really feel like it's funny that this whole series began with the idea of community. But, it, but it, it's like God keeps bringing me into this thought of prosperity. God wants us to have, to have relational prosperity. And prosperity is it's not about money. It's about knowing God in an intimate way and being able to tap into the kingdom. It begins by meeting your own needs. But then it grows to where you become a channel through which God pours his favor, his blessings on you or on others through you. Let's stand together. I want, to, uh, want us to pray. But let me just pray. Heavenly Father, you are a family God. You are a father. You have adopted each one of us into your family. Lord, we desire to be family, to do family, to do life together. Help us to understand community. Lord, we want to please you. We want to honor you. We want, help us to love well, in Jesus' name, amen. Your good, good Father, who you are, who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's 
you for venturing out this morning, coming to church. 
I trust that God had something for you today. Uh, there's somebody here, I think you've got a bruised heel on your foot. I want to pray for you. And there's also uh, like just some digestive type problems of some kind. Uh, I'll be standing over there. I'd love to pray for you before you leave. I want to invite the prayer teams to come, be available to pray with people this morning. The benediction is out of Romans 15, verses 5 through 7. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another, according to Christ Jesus, that you may with one mind and with one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, receive one another, just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. God bless you, saints. Have a wonderful week. Great things are ahead. Amen.